Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pour Over Podcast, where we seek to share the table with storytellers and seekers alike, hopefully and almost certainly over a great cup of coffee, where we seek to help you flourish and want to see you flourish in your mental health journey. We're your hosts, Jonathan Coggins. And I'm Kyle Ridgely, and I hope that this is a space that is safe and inclusive for all. Welcome to the table. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Pour Over Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and as we always like to say, welcome to the table. I'm joined here, as always, by my other host, Mr. Kyle Ridgely. What's up? Does that sound... I'm sorry, I feel like that makes makes you sound too old. I'm calling you old, Mr. Mr. Kyle Ridgely. Yeah. Yeah, they are, they are suffixes. Yeah, so they're beginning of a, true. Term, a true. formal way, but you can, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess we're getting to that age where you know, Mister actually Mr. sinks in more. It it does, <laughs> you know. I'll I'll have, you know, people younger than me that, you know, somebody at the store or somebody that I encountered, they're like, "Thank you, Mister," or you know, whatever. I'm like. Ugh, I, I'm not sure if I like that. Like it, that tells me that I'm getting older, or it could be just formal, and they're trying to be polite. You know? Yeah, I know. Culturally, I, I know that, but I'm saying the way it makes me right. feel like. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure if I'm ready for Mister just yet. Because I mean, I we grew up both in the South, and it's always like, say you're Mister or Mrs. and yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and that's you know a little different for everybody, and some people. <laughs> Yeah, have different opinions about that for sure. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Sorry for that tangent. Just had, <laughs> just had that random thought. Like, I'm sorry if I'm ca- calling you old, Kyle. You know, it's <laughs> it's an inevitable. Have yeah. to embrace the age aging process. Ain't that right? <laughs> Ain't that right? Um, but anyways, um, again, welcome, guys. We're we're so glad you decided to um come to our show. Lean into these stories and this episode we're we're glad you're here and on the topic of we're glad you're here we can't put out this episode without recognizing that it is uh, may so it is mental health awareness month and for those that are listening we especially want to say that we're we're glad you're here we're glad that you exist. We're glad that you are, have space in this world. Um, and, you know, we, we, we're, just, we're just glad you exist. Um, your, your story is important. Your life is important. Um, and we honor that. And there's space here for that. Um, so thanks for being here. Thanks for whoever's listening, for being who you are. Um, we appreciate that and th- those stories, those existences, existence, whatever that word just came out of my mouth, that existence um, makes the world a better place. And so we're glad you're here. Um, today we have um, a guest for us, um, Dion Sanchez, and we'll give it over to her to let her just introduce herself a little bit. Um, really share whatever you want, um, Dion, about yourself. Um, she does have a podcast yourself, um, and so uh, we're collaborating on this. And so we want to also point people to her show and say, hey, listen to her story, then go go check out her podcast. Become a listener of hers. Um, and so, Dion, with that, I'll just give it over to you just to, like I said, just introduce yourself, tell a little bit about who you are, your podcast, and really whatever you want to share. Sure. Um, thank you, Jonathan and Kyle. Um, as Jonathan just mentioned, my name is Dion Sanchez, and I have a podcast as well. My podcast is called Words of Heart, which is about in-depth conversations of inspiration with an emphasis on mental health. 
So considering the importance of Mental Health Awareness Month, it is really close to my heart in regards to my podcast. But not just my podcast, but my um, journey as an individual in general. Um, When it comes to mental health, um, I struggled with it from the second I entered this world, pretty much. I was not your average, typical um, human species, if you will. I came into this world pretty differently than most. Um, Just to put it pretty bluntly, for the first two years of my life, I couldn't hear her talk. So that in itself brings its own onset of challenges, if you will, as far as just not only trying to gain human speech and communication, but just learning and evolving as just a human or person in general and just trying to adapt to becoming a human or being someone who is normal. So I have ADHD, which I still have as an adult, and it was just challenging and it would prove to be problematic. Well, not problematic. That's not the right terminology. I want to use just really difficult for me to be accepted by my peers, my age groups. And I was put into a specialized classroom for kids who, and keeping in mind, this was the 90s. um, There was no medical term for what it was that I had. Um, I was just two years delayed. That's the only definition and or description they gave me. Obviously, I'm talking now or else I wouldn't be here. So um, that didn't really stick. And I started talking when I was about three years old and just developing my speech and working on that as a result. But um, where my mental health struggles began was simply amongst my peers, because even though I was put into an environment curriculum with kids who had disabilities such as myself, um, you would think it would be easy to acclimate or get along with kids exactly like you, but it wasn't for me. So um, just to paint a mental picture for you, um, my father would pick me up for speech or physical therapy, and, and the kids would be by themselves playing together in a group, and I would be playing by myself. And that continued to be the constant dynamic throughout my life, just me being by myself, not having any friends, just not having that socialization that's pivotal for someone to come into their own, um, particularly growing up in my adolescence. Well, thank you for for sharing that that story, Dion. And um, I I know that there are many many people out there where there's been this intersection of some sort of um, disability or um, physical or chronic um, impediment. You know. Um, All right sickness, disability, et cetera, in their lives that has affected their mental health in some way. And so thanks for sharing that story. And, you know, as we talk about it, I'm I'm sure this will resonate with somebody that has walked through that. Um, And so uh, thanks for for sharing that with us. One thing that I did want to to highlight that uh, before we, you know, dive into it, that uh, I was scrolling through your your Instagram and Kyle even mentioned this to me and I, I thought it was, was pretty cool. Um, there's a magazine called women who podcast and you were highlighted. Um, yeah, I want to know a little bit about that. Like, I think that that's pretty awesome. Not, not only the fact that, you know, it's, you know, elevating and highlighting women that podcast, but, um, that you are actually one of the podcasters that, that got highlighted in that. Yes, it was a pretty huge moment for me um, overall. Um, obviously, it highlights podcasters such as myself. But um, as I mentioned the f- that tidbits of my story a few seconds ago, um, my podcast, which is centered on mental health as a whole, is kind of symbiotic to my own personal struggle with mental health as well. Um, and that wonderful magazine of course, highlighted my podcast, but also highlighted the meaning behind why I started the podcast to begin with. So it was just 
kind of a full circle moment as far as my whole life's journey and how far I've come in my struggle with mental health. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Did that, uh, did that help increase your, uh, just your story getting out there and your listenership? And have you, have you heard any, any feedback in the, the way that your story has been impacted or has impacted people just through those channels and being highlighted in that way? I feel it has made a significant difference. Um, other podcasters um, have reached out to me and saying how great it was that my my um, character and my podcast was featured and it gave them the courage to reach out to that magazine and be featured as well. So. I guess I kind of opened the foot in the door for other female podcasters to be recognized in that sense. That is incredible. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. Yeah. So the really, you know, um, jump off and and start this conversation. Uh, I think the first place I want to want to take us is talking about the 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 acclamation i guess you would call it of quote unquote normal society um you know a normal classroom right and right. and being a child that that lived with um this uh deafness and and couldn't speak and what what those feelings were like what what was it like navigating that for Dion uh, sure so um it wasn't easy to navigate um at all um if i'm being quite honest um i was eventually put into a regular mainstream classroom um i can't really give you the time frame of what, which that occurred but I was put into a classroom with regular students in a normal environment because, hey, this kid is actually intelligent. Let's get her out of here. Um, so I thought, okay, here's another opportunity for me to be accepted by my peers, for them to know me, know Dion. And as much as I wanted that change to occur, it didn't. So as far as me navigating it and handling it, um, it was a real struggle for me because I also got made fun of like a typical kid would for, you know, having glasses or their hair was too big or French fries and four eyes. And I don't, to this day, I don't know how French fries is considered an insult, but it, <laughs> <laughs> it appeared as an insult to me as a kid for some reason. <laughs> but um, it wasn't so much that being made fun of mundane things that really shouldn't be made fun of. It was just that they were making fun of me or rejecting me, quite honestly, rejecting me for being me. Like they're being made, I was being made fun of for simply being me. And I couldn't change that. I couldn't change how I came into this world or how it takes me a bit longer to learn things than the typical average student. Um, so as far as me acclimating or trying to adjust to normalcy in a classroom, in a social like setting or just in general, um, it was difficult for me. And to give you an example, as far as the response of students in the classroom for me, um, I would raise my hand um, to participate. I would get a question wrong. Um, that was pretty frequent with me. I would get a question wrong and everybody would laugh. The whole classroom would laugh. Um, if someone else answered the question wrong, nobody would laugh. And as a kid, that was just, it was saddening and disheartening because I couldn't change who I was. I didn't ask to be different or weird or however I perceived myself at that time. It was just saddening and there's nothing I can do. And I feel like, I mean, honestly, this dynamic of me not being accepted by my peers really went up until I got into got ready to go into high school, quite honestly. So it was from like three years old to mm, 12, 13, more or less. So that's like, a that's a, that's a, that's childhood basically of me struggling with that. And 
as a result of the lack of socialization, which I feel plays a pivotal role into how you develop into your own, your personality, your sense of self. Um, Because of the lack of that, um, I unfortunately got to a point um, once I left elementary school at a firm grasp of my circumstances, and I was under the impression that they were never going to change. So I considered suicide at this point once I hit middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just because I just, if I'm just destined to be alone, then what's the point of me being here? And the only reason I didn't take that step or the fact that I'm sharing this with you at this point in time is because um, I'm a Christian, so my support system was obviously God. I didn't discuss my mental health struggles with my family, so I can understand people being a bit closed off and sharing that because, and and my childhood wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. I had siblings and a mom and a dad that loved me, but I just didn't have that socialization. And that wounded me pretty deeply, and I would say severely, to the point that I consider not being here at all. Hmm. But guys, like, no, you need to be here. You have a purpose, even though I didn't know what that purpose was. Um, so, um, like I said, it was really up until I got ready to go into high school that this me not feeling like I should be here if I were to die or disappear, would anybody care mentality pretty much ended when I, the summer of me going into high school. Um, and I can share more into that if you like, but I'm sure you have other questions. So, Yeah. Well, first off, we want to say that we're glad you decided to stay. Um, we're glad you made that choice and we're glad you're still here. Um, Cause you know, what, I, what I said at the beginning, you, you know, applies uh, to you too. Like, you know, your, your, your life is valuable and your story is important. Um, so Glad you glad you decided to to stay. Um, so it sounds like um, that you, you you so you you said you started talking at around three. Yes. Right? Um, okay. Yes, I did start talking around three years old. Um, I wish, honestly, I wish I can go back in time to figure out the precise amount amount or day of which that occurred but I can't however as far as my therapy sessions I can share examples of that um basically or at least for speech therapy um they will hold up a card and it will have a picture of like an apple or a car of some sort and I would try to sound it out and like sound it out and pronounce the actual word um that's they would get me to try to sound it out and say it with a card. That's usually how it would work. Um, and physical therapy, because I did have ADHD, um, I had trouble standing still. And I think that sometimes, if I'm being quite honest, is relevant on some of the videos of my podcast, my head bobbing back and forth. <laughs> but um, but that's just me. I'm still Dion, of course. So yeah. um, um, in the physical therapy, they had this kind of hang glider, I don't know, or zip line, maybe that's a better word. I don't know what it's called, but it was indoors. So they would have me go on it. And at like, at the other end of the room, there'd be like a ball pit, like Chuck E. Cheese or something. And I'd be like, ah, pretending I'm Tarzan or George of the Jungle. Um, <laughs> I felt like I should be at that moment. And I would just jump into the ball pit and stuff. Um, but yeah, those are the examples of which how I sort of try to become um, Dion or at least adjust to my mentality, if you will, um, yeah. in those early stages. Um, but um, I wish I can tell you when that um, those sessions stopped. Um, I know my I had speech therapy in school, in elementary school as well which that particularly stopped by the time I got to fifth grade. Um, Hmm. That specifically, as far as the other sessions, I don't remember when those stopped exactly. Um, But Hmm. yeah, those are some examples as far as how I began to learn speech or something along those lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it sounds like, so you said you you started talking around three, 
and you didn't you didn't have this kind of acceptance maybe of yourself and then um that um navigating um integrating into um friendships and school and stuff like that so it sounds like that not having the space at an early age just to just to be Dion just to be yourself with um your your disabilities and all had a significant impact on um like you said your your socialization and development but um your mental health as well and it, it lasted for up until high school you said yeah, um, really truly what, did. Yeah, yeah. What what was it like navigating that all that stuff? Like the you know the the I guess you would say negative socialization that you experienced when you were younger and yeah. you know just just that feeling of of not being able to just be yourself, not being enough it's just who you are just like i said having that space um what what did that journey look like on the the mental health side of that navigating that like what were your outlets what was what did that process kind of look like uh for you so um for me as i mentioned i didn't make my struggles with mental health known to my father specifically um he may have been aware on some level because he would pick me up and see me by myself but um as far as that outlet I just and obviously this was my own prerogative because I'm a Christian I just talked to God and prayed um I would cry myself to sleep every single night thinking nobody cares um about me and that I should just not be here. And really, if I have no friends, no sense of purpose, then why on earth am I here? Um, and it was just really difficult because not only did I have to navigate socialization or acceptance, I had to navigate just my intelligence in general. So I had to overcome being intelligent or proving myself that I'm capable or smart enough just like everybody else but that I'm worthy of having some type of uh, worthy of friendship so worthy of being in school having intelligence and worthy of being having that socialization so if I'm being quite frank with you Jonathan and Kyle I had to overcome and prove myself every single day um well I, I still have to over I don't think I have to overcome as much as an adult now because I think the brunt of my difficulty is pretty much over but um it was just an ongoing thing me trying to prove myself over and over and over um and it was just really stressful and I tried to get involved in school I tried to join the like the school morning team and everything and just it was just me proving and just putting myself out there is just it was so difficult um definitely um, so, a journey for sure yeah so as i mentioned it wasn't really until i got to high school which that's a long time to be struggling with mental health um as i mentioned i'm a christian so i go to church and everything and obviously you would think that if you're in a space such as that that it would be easy to get fellowship and friends, and yet that seemed to be impossible for me. Um, so I, just to give you another modern, older example, aside from um, the elementary school one, so there would be these small groups at the church I attended, and again, this is my prerogative. I have nothing against any church or demographic. This is just my own personal experience, like any other person would. So um, in these small groups, you have an opportunity to be vulnerable to share something that's bothering you or anything of that magnitude. And some and at some point along those conversations, they would ask you questions. A leader, a high schooler or sort, would ask the kids who are usually your own age um, questions pertaining to the message or sermon for that day. Um, so I would raise my hand. <laughs> 
uh, seems like every example I give, I'm raising my hand in some way. <laughs> when I think about it, I never picked up on that connection before. Um, maybe I should just stop raising my hand, but I raised my hand, <laughs> like, oh, I have something to say. And um, I would get ready to talk and without fail. Um, and this was really frequent, which is probably why I just didn't feel like talking <laughs> and was so shy because it seemed like I would talk and just be interrupted. But um, so I would get ready to talk and be vulnerable and someone would inevitably interrupt me. And instead of that leader or facilitator at that point, instead of telling that particular interrupter, hey, this girl is trying to talk, you'll have a turn. Um, that small group leader would literally right in front of me and everybody else start a completely separate conversation with the person that interrupted me. And, and excuse my language, but at that point, it was like, damn, I'm, I'm just invisible at this point. Like, I can't catch a break. So it was just really saddening. And instead of that little girl by herself with maybe a block, I would be by myself with an MP3 player or a phone on a couch, um, like just waiting to go home. <laughs> so um, fast forward to, well, hi, getting ready to go into high school. I have no socialization, have no idea why on earth I'm here. So of course, I'm going to go into high school, which is an onset of just obstacles and challenges and just chaos. So of course I'm ready to, for that. So um, there's this summer youth camp um, and the high schoolers sort of, I've started volunteering like, oh, if I volunteer, they'll have to see me. They'll have to know me. They have to acknowledge me because I'm there. So um, I started volunteering and some of the high schoolers sort of got to know me sort of acknowledged me that hey this girl is kind of cool she's not, not invisible they've sort of took me under their wing a bit and they're like oh you should go to this youth camp you should go to this youth camp and i have nothing against youth camps i love youth camps i was the aftermath of coming home from the youth camps that i had an issue with because obviously when you go to a youth camp or at least for churches that is um, you're cut off from your environment. You're cut off from technology specifically because you're supposed to be in fellowship, get closer to God, pray, be in unity with other believers. So I'm like, yay, they have to talk to me. They don't got no choice <laughs> unless they hitchhiked or something. I don't know. But um, so I would have that socialization, but I then I would come home I would say hi to them. And it's like I didn't spend the whole week with them. They would just look through me like I was nothing. So I'm like, okay, I'm invisible girl again. Great. So at this point, obviously, I was about to go into high school. I'm like, why would I want to put myself through this again? Like, uh, I already know my place in this world. And it's me being alone. So mm -hmm. um, they're like, no, you should go. You should go. So I went. Um, with no expectations of having any friends, because I was fully aware at this point of my standing in this world. But I think my by me going to that particular camp and experience um, pretty much changed the um, trajectory, if you will, of my life to this point. Because by going to that camp, and one of the final nights was the Holy Spirit, which I can explain from my own personal interpretation. It's just a overwhelming surge of love and emotion and grace and just fulfillment. And I just felt like in that precise moment in time, which I believe is 2011, I remember it specifically because that was just a really awesome year for me. Um, 2011, um, that just moment changed everything. I was praying. I felt like I had purpose. I felt like if I disappeared, people would miss me and people were crying over me and praying over me and hugging me like, damn, we do care about you. Mm -hmm. And I was, I came home, I had friends, um, I joined the homecoming court and everything in high school and just kept, and things were pretty smooth sailing for that. But um, obviously I mentioned I have a podcast um, and I'm sure that has to have its own backstory as well. Um, which I can get into, but I'm sure you have questions, which I'm trying not to talk too much. You're you're totally fine. Mm -hmm. So um Yeah. Thank you uh for being willing to share 
that uh, that powerful story for me that that did resonate, and just hearing all the all the 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 different situations that you were in where you felt as though people didn't see you. I I, I feel like I'm hearing that is that you yeah. wanted people to see Dion and not all the other things uh, that maybe. In, in front of their faces or the, the face value or what they could see. But those yeah. were just small sons of the whole person that you are. And um, that's what I'm kind of hearing if, if I got, if I'm hearing it correctly. Oh, yeah. You're, you're hearing everything correctly. That's yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Thank you for giving us permission to hold your story. Thank you for giving us permission to um, walk into that with you um, and having the courage to share that here on, you know, our our podcast and um, how much that can impact other people. Um, yeah, and, and just hearing overall the, the thing that we like to say here on this podcast is that we're our, we have a lot of goals, but one of our main goals is to break stigmas surrounding these types of conversations and bringing... Um, humanity to people who may uh, be living with um, a certain type of uh, disability or um, possibly mental um, illness and things like that and how those are just small sums of a whole person and there's a story there's there there is a person behind all of those things and those experiences are so powerful and how we all can join in and celebrate diversity of all people their stories their experiences um particularly ce celebrating neurodiversity and how we're all wired differently we all learn differently we all communicate differently and i think as a society we have to do better and celebrating the differences that we all have that not everyone is going to fit in the box that has been made for yes. our society and so there's so much more beauty in that to me. There's so much more life in that for, for me, even in my own mental health uh, uh, journey, that there is more to a person than those diagnoses or what has been labeled of that person. And so I think that that is something that I'm passionate about. And hearing you, I, I feel like you're passionate, as if I'm hearing you, you're very yes. passionate about this yes. story as well. And and wanting to change those narratives. And so thank you again for giving us permission to walk in that story with you. Of course. And um, it wasn't really until podcasting that I had the strength or courage or the audacity to even consider making this a conversation worth mm -hmm. sharing. Um, it's so pivotal to my life story <laughs> pretty much, yet I didn't think it was made a difference if I shared it with someone such as yourself or someone I known for probably two or five years. Like mm -hmm. I didn't understood the value or the true impact within my own story until I got into podcasting. Mm -hmm. And because it is important and it could help someone and possibly prevent them for suicide or other acts. Mm -hmm. Um just mm -hmm. to remind them that they are cared and they do have a purpose in this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that this process of, of you starting your podcast and, and sharing your voice on your platform has been healing for you as well? I think I that's the first time I've ever been asked that question. Yeah. Um, I think it has been healing for me, um, most definitely, because um, I could see um, my life experience, perhaps through a different lens, such as sharing my story on these platforms, and of course, my own um, podcast as well. And it is very healing because I feel like I can help and heal somebody else in return, like mm -hmm. be that support system. Obviously, I had God as my support system, but people don't have a support system or an outlet. And I like mm -hmm. to think that my podcast um, serves as that therapeutic outlet for them. Like you do have a reason for being there. And mm -hmm. aside from sharing my own personal stories, I share other people's stories as well who have that same mentality of feeling like their story can help someone um, because this known as the pandemic season, which I think we're slowly getting out of, I'm not quite sure. 
Um, but just so many hassles of life and just seasons mm. in general, it can just be really tra- traumatizing, if I'm quite honest, and just very depressing. And I just love that my platform has a chance to a- amplify other people's voices in stories and a world which, if I'm being quite honest, can be pretty cruel and mm. silence those voices. But I'm not going to silence you. I hear you. I see you. You do have a purpose for being here. So absolutely, I think this platform and my podcast has been healing. Mm, yeah. yeah, for sure. And I know the times that I've actually listened to several episodes now of your podcast. And one thing that resonates with me is just that it feels so much. I feel so much warmth. And there's a, there is this sense of home when you when you speak and when you share stories and it seems like it's almost this place when I've had like a hard day you know at work or things have just gotten so busy it's almost like a place of calm and a place that I can unwind and so I want to thank you for creating a space like that that I can show up and and be in that space and and find healing and um, calm for sure absolutely thank you it really touches my heart hearing you say that because I do want it to be a um empathetic and comforting um atmosphere or mm-hmm. audio sphere mm-hmm. i think i just made up a word there <laughs> you go. Yeah. Um, on my platform so thank you so much for saying you're that. welcome you're welcome thank you yeah. um you you said one thing in in part of your story navigating the church dion that i kind of wanted to to hone in on in in that in that small group you know when you when you felt ignored and cut off and um did were were these you know individuals that um like knew that you had previously lived with a disability or um, um or lived with ADHD or anything to that nature um, this individual that was leading the group, um, I, I think was blind, um, to my feelings or my, who I was as a person. Um, I think this particular leader, um, was their father was like the head pastor of that particular church. Um, so I think maybe they were doing it just to do it as far as leading, but I don't think on any level they were aware of my disabilities or even tried to acknowledge me. Um, and after that example, um, and I guess this is connected to my story as well, um, I made it a point not to really share after that point, um, which is kind of sad. But um, I eventually because I did say I started volunteering, I did become a small group leader as well. Um, so I think that's pretty awesome in that sense, because now I have the opportunity to make sure everyone is heard and seen and everyone has a chance to speak, um, as opposed to that example. And I wouldn't want anyone else to go through what I did. So, um, but yes, I don't think they were aware. Um, of my disabilities or just me as in general, as a person. Yeah. I was just curious because it's, you know, there, there's an issue, I believe within the church that needs to be addressed. And, you know, obviously like you just confirmed that that was this was not your situation. Um, but, but just kind of, made well, me there, think about it right and, there uh, are issues in the church i full-heartedly agree with you there and i'm glad i'm no longer involved in that particular church so to speak um because i'm older and i ended up going off to college at that point in time but um or eventually at that point in time but yeah there are issues in the church so i do agree with you there and yeah. just people accepting um, who you are with your disabilities and all. Um, my heart really goes out to the individuals who have appeared on my podcast who share similar stories to mine because they may have felt like an outcast or a freak amongst 
perhaps other people like I did. And um, to this day, I don't feel like a freak. But if I did get any friends, it just, I still felt different because I was just, it took me longer to get a joke or to learn things or to evolve still. Because I was still, I guess, mentally evolving and growing as a person, even though I didn't give this example. I normally do. Let's say people learn how to tie their shoes at five. I learned at seven. I think I got that analogy right. Got a two-year difference. But um, but yes, I completely understand people just alienating you or perceiving you some type of way because of your disabilities. Um, I didn't really experience that in the church, quite honestly, but um i if i i left the church before i guess i could experience that but there are issues um just like in any um place or organization or even a place such as church there there does a the world is flawed as much as we want to believe it's not so but yeah yeah i agree with you on what you're saying yeah and i was you know i was thinking you know specifically about uh, but because one of you know, Kyle mentioned, you know, some, you know, we have some goals with this podcast and just with, you know, peaks and valleys in general. And just one of those is to, um, being, being a Jesus person is to, um, challenge, dismantle and deconstruct harmful views of mental health and, um, you know, conversation about this disability and like, and reconstruct those in more life-giving ways. And with this conversation, I mean, I've seen it, you know, the, um, the term ableism that, that happens, you know, um, within the church. And if you're not completely conforming to this mainstream evangelical way and, or, you know, like we have to to cater to, you know, said disability or whatever it is. Like, you know, there there's that feelings of like not being seen or, you know, almost being out of the group, you know. Yeah. Um, so my my mind kinda went went there, um and, and just thinking about that when you were talking about, um, you know, within that context and, um, not feeling seen and being cut off and all those kind of things. And, um, uh, just, just thought about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What were some, what were some things that Dion that helped you in your own journey that helped you to I know we, we spoke about one thing about healing um the podcast yeah. definitely but what are some supports and things places that um that really helped you uh heal and um find hope in that so um some of the ways I or coping mechanisms um for me that I use is specifically writing um in poetry um to be because i am a creative person and plus the words of heart did have a title for that reason because right. i'm a poet um just a backstory on that sense of the title as well but um just writing um i find writing to be very therapeutic um for me personally i see it as a chance to go into another world mm -hmm. um just to free yourself and to be open um you can just be in a completely different space than your own and just am just open and just free to be, reveal or share whatever's bothering you with no judgment. I mean, a paper can't hurt you. I mean, I guess unless you throw it, but um, in all honesty, a paper or instrument of that sort can't really hurt you like the world can. So um, writing specifically is probably the best coping mechanism for me that I can recommend um, personally. Um, also taking a walk. I don't take advantage of that as often as I should, but just walking and just being open with nature um, can be very soothing as well. So walking, writing, um, 
music is also therapeutic as well, but um, I guess sometimes music and depending on the mood could interpret your brain to different brain waves. So I don't know if I recommend music, quite honestly, but writing and walking is definitely best forms of coping and dealing with any type of anxiety. Yeah, those are those are great, great ones. Definitely movement and uh, writing, journaling, things like that. Those have been helpful for me too, uh, as well. I don't journal as often as I, as I think I should and how I know in the past it has helped me. But you know, it's one of those things you get into a rhythm of doing something and then you, you get out of it and then you forget, hey, I haven't done this in a while. And it makes makes me want to do start doing it again. Thank you, Dion. <laughs> For sure, for sure. And so what could you say on that same kind of vein? What could you say, uh, particularly for our listeners, if they're walking through their own mental health journey, or they're walking with someone else that they're that is close to them that is in their own mental health journey? What what support do you think that they would be helpful um, in that process? Um, and in so, your journey and your specific so um, I didn't take advantage of this as much as I when I was younger, but I think talking to someone, it doesn't necessarily have to be a family member. Um, I even got a therapist a few years ago. Um, so talking to someone who's not related to you, just or not even a friend, just someone, a complete stranger which i don't recommend going to a gas station for a stranger obviously just um mm-hmm. in a safe space mm-hmm. of meetings of therapists or psychiatrists just airing out your feelings they have a way of putting things into perspective um though i'm sure they cost money um because that's mm-hmm. life but just talking to someone um it doesn't necessarily have to be your family or blood because i feel talking to someone alleviates any fear of anxiety a lot more than you realize it um I felt like anytime I talked I was shunned so that might be my own prerogative for why I wasn't very chatty when I was younger but obviously I'm an adult now and times are different so I recommend as far as how to figure out anxiety or dealing with it or just understanding your emotions in general, I recommend talking. As much as people don't want to talk, I think it can be very healing and mm. helpful in the long run because talking and sharing it out can prevent someone from doing such an act such as suicide, which mm. is the road of which I'm glad I didn't take. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's almost like when you when you have, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be a therapist, it might be one of your friends or or, or uh, those in your life. And I know for me, when I, when I have sh- been able to share my emotions, it almost feels like you're, you're, you have permission to just kind of download all of that stuff and put them out on the table and kind of sort through them with someone else. And it gives you the freedom to be vulnerable and it gives you the freedom to not have to hold anything back in a sense. And it, um, having someone in your corner that, is, is open and willing to hold your story, someone you trust that um, that is going to allow you to just unload all of that stuff and, and walk with you and support you. They may not be able to give you all the right answers, but if there's something for my own experience, there's something to be said about just airing that out and, and venting that out into the world and allowing that to be your space of healing for sure. Absolutely. No. All right, Dion, I got one last thing for you then we will um end out this episode on specifically the the topic of like i said there there are tons and tons millions of people out there living with some sort of disability whether it be you know intellectual or physical we probably interact with people every single day that have some sort of physical or intellectual disability. Based on, you know, your own experience and your own story of um, living with that disability and then, then having a having a hard time being accepted by your peers or um, 
you know, live within, like I say, quote unquote, um, normal society. Um, what what is what is a good path forward to not um, to to prevent from people being erased or not being seen or what what are some better better practices as as we you know interact with people living with disabilities of some sort um i don't know how to answer that but i can give it a shot um i think just and I'm, I can just go off of my experience of what I would have liked to happen um, for me specifically. Just simply acknowledging them or just a simple hi can go a long way. It says that I'm seen, that I'm here. Um, it just speaks volumes to their own internal struggles um, because I didn't get that or acknowledgement or hi or just, hey, I'm here. So I think saying hi and just acknowledging them just in general, not for being dis- having disabilities or having like five heads or something, um, just a simple hi can speak volume. So just acknowledging them, I feel, makes a difference more than they possibly realize. is can help as far as the mentality of isolating them or thinking that they're freaks um Mm -hmm. which unfortunately is people's mindset at times so um just i think acknowledging them um is my um answer to that i hope i answered it right (laughs) but um yeah no i i i think that was a fantastic answer because i think acknowledgement is just such such a powerful thing just just acknowledging somebody's existence like you said it's telling this person hey like i see you you know and like kyle said like it's feel like it's also saying to this person like you you are more than just the sum of your disability whatever that is you're a person standing in front of front of me and i'm acknowledging your existence in this world and so I think that is powerful and that is that is a solid advice. You know, um, like I said, we we all probably interact every day with somebody with some sort of physical or intellectual disability. And I think all they want is just to be seen as a human just like we are. Um, so I, I think that's su- superb answer. I think that's so powerful. Acknowledging is a very powerful tool, especially when it comes to just acknowledging how someone feels, you know, just saying how, you know, hey, that's, that's hard. You know, that sounds really frustrating, you know, just acknowledging that they're okay to have that emotion. They're okay to feel that way. It's another layer that I think that we all want in some way is just for someone just to sit and not critique or not say, oh, well, you could do this or that, but just it's so powerful just to say, I, I hear you, you know, in a sense. And I think that also comes back to the layer of just humanizing and bringing commonality to our human existence and that we all have mental health. We all have physical health. We all have experiences. And so bringing commonality to that, to that, that life is that it may not look the same to everyone, but we all come to a place where we all have those things. And so I think that's another layer as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, I kind of lied because I have one more question, but it's a, it's a, it's a not a serious question. It's a, you know, fun question to kind of end us out. Um, So we are the pour over podcast, pour over, you know, coffee. And we normally ask, you know, every guest, you know, if you're a coffee drinker, you know, what's your favorite coffee or brew method? But you inform me that you are not a coffee drinker, which is okay. Um, so what is your either your favorite beverage or since coffee is caffeine, 
what what is your way to you know get get caffeinated get some energy and get going for the day well my energy drink of choice would be um and i don't know how energetic this is because i am diabetic so i can't really have sugar really mm-hmm. but um um my drink of choice is coca-cola um zero sugar it's remarkable that at least for me people can argue this i still get that rush of bubbles and soda all that good stuff um, that I would get from a regular soda. And to me, it tastes exactly the same. So my drink of choice at this moment in time is Coca-Cola Cherry Zero Sugar. Mm. It is mm. the best. And I would recommend it to anyone who wants that caffeinated buzz, but doesn't want too much, I guess. Right. Or that in is... a safe sense, I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. That- Cokes can be really nice, especially if you haven't had one in a while or it's been, you know, like a, a warm day and you have a can of Coke and, you know, Coca-Cola can always be yeah. a good refresher. Dude I, dude, I was just thinking that like on a, a hot day, you know, a good old, mm-hmm. good old Coke cold, is just cold you know. Coke. Yeah. And actually, fun fact, <laughs> you brought up Coke. So um, <laughs> Kyle here is originally from Columbus, Georgia. and Coke started in his hometown. Formula. Well, the, the pharmacist. For, the, yeah. the, the, the formula. Mm-hmm. Like, it was originally started to be a medicine for upset stomach, and he sold it in his pharmacy. And then it became, he added, uh, you know, the fizz, and it became a soda, and then it moved to Atlanta. So, cool fact. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that's why the, the Coca-Cola factory is in Atlanta. Atlanta mm. claims that, mm. you know, it mm. started in Atlanta, but it actually, the formula was created in its, its roots and its, its young origins mm. was in Kyle Hears hometown. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kyle, for living in a place that created Coca-Cola. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> For sure. Dion's happy about your oh, your city. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, Dion. Um again, we, we just really, really appreciate you um coming on and um just you know trusting trusting us with your story and being willing to share it and um know that it will resonate with somebody that listens and impact their life and in a in a beautiful um in life giving way. And so we we appreciate it. Absolutely. If I can just say one last bit of advice for your listeners or some motivation booster to lift them up when they're struggling before we wrap up. Yeah, go ahead. Um so my little advice or tidbit um is this. You are a warrior in spite of your circumstances. Mm. 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 Mike drop. There you go. That's 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 it. That's good. That's good. All right. Where can uh, people connect with you? Find you social media, words of podcast. Uh, give us all that, and you know, I'll link them in the show notes. But just so if people want to catch them on here, where where can they go to find that stuff? Sure. So my podcast is called Words of Heart. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube um apple spotify pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcasts um i do audio and video interviews which offers a different dynamic and just furthers impacts my message in general as far as social media you can find me on twitter at hardware 24 and on instagram at hardware 25 i'm fairly active on both social medias um i'm a night owl although sleep is important um so i do recommend checking out when you're well rested um and yeah they can check out my podcast i'm three seasons into it and taking a necessary break so they have plenty of time to binge listen or watch any episodes awesome awesome well, thanks again, Dion, um, for coming on. Uh, we appreciate your voice on here. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we hope we hope you... My tongue got twisted. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode and found 
just just some life and some goodness and some encouragement um, out of this um, this story of this journey and a story of overcoming and and you know moving forward and um, yeah yeah we hope you enjoy it as always um, if you enjoy um, our show it would help us out greatly with. Uh, just the algorithm and, you know, this getting to get our show, getting in front of other people and, and hearing these stories. If you'll give us a review, um, don't forget to follow our social media uh, for Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, we at Peaks and Valleys are going to be doing a giveaway. Um, not going to spill the details yet. You just have to follow the socials to know the deets. Mm-hmm. So yeah. link will be down in the show notes. Thank you for coming to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming to the table. And we'll catch you guys next time on the Pour Over Podcast.